I'm talking into my phone again, so that must mean the Dane and Nick podcast is back. We're on episode 18. Oh my goodness, they have not canceled us. Oh yeah, we're still here, baby. We're still here. So, if you're new to the show, uh, we're a Pac-12 based, um, Pac-12 sports based podcast, and of course it's hoop season right now, so that's where our focus is going to be. And the quick spiel is essentially we're gonna have your favorite team covered in ni- in three minutes or less. I get 90 seconds, and Dane gets 90 seconds. I got a life. Dane's got a life. A publisher's got a life, and you all got lives. So we're gonna get you in and out quickly with some cool water cooler, with some good water cooler information. So I always start the show with my big three takeaways. And I did want to say for our returning listeners that I'm not going to be focusing as much on stats this week and uh, more on the bigger picture um, with tournament play right around the corner. I don't think you need a statistical analysis. You want to know the big deal, what's really popping off right now in this time of the season. So with no further ado, the three big takeaways. First and foremost, I think there's seven teams who could realistically qualify for the NCAA tournament right now. Um... The Pac-12 is really more deep, more deep. That's an interesting way to phrase it. It's deeper than it's been in a while. So I'm not saying seven teams make it, but there is a realistic shot that it does happen. Um, Second point, kind of counterintuitive. I actually don't think there's any teams that can make a deep run. I think that Oregon really doesn't have enough outside of Peyton Pritchard. Colorado, they look inconsistent to me. And McKinley Wright, I believe, is overrated. Uh, If any team can do it, I believe it's Arizona Wildcats behind the Zeke Najee, um, Josh Green, and um, Nico Mannion combination. I think that's a very dangerous combination. And the last and final takeaway is UW won a game. UW did it. Can they make a conference tournament run now? Hey, they still have the talent there. So that's it starting off from Seattle. Thanks for tuning in, whether you're a new or returning listener. And I'm going to send it down to Arizona for Dane. Hey, Dane, do your thing, play. There's three programs that I want to focus on and I think deserve all the attention of the intro. The number one being, of course, Arizona State. Uh, They swept the Oregon schools in Tempe, took sole possession of first place, are playing their best basketball in conference in like 40 years. It might be longer than that. Um, So what Bobby Hurley has done up there, I think clearly has put them as the favorite to win coach of the year in the Pac-12. And they've um, they control their own destiny, their sole possession of first place. So that's the main leadoff. Other than that, um, UCLA going up to the mountain programs and getting a sweep. Um, that's the most difficult road trip in this conference. And they beat Utah at the Huntsman Center and CU at the Events Center. And those were very impressive wins. The game against CU was a come from behind victory, which is even better. And the Bruins are rolling. I've said previously that they um, can make the NCAA tournament, and I'm sticking by that. So, And the last one, of course, Stanford Cardinal uh, getting back on track, finally have ended their losing skid and are right back in most tournament projections. Uh, If they're not the Final Four in, they are um, the next four out. So they're right there on the bubble. They still have to go to Colorado. Oregon and they host Colorado. So um, big stuff moving forward. This next week is huge. So we're going to be looking at the Huskies first and foremost here. And on uh, Thursday, they lost to the Cardinal. 
<laughs> their ninth loss in a row. So we're just going to kind of move on from that. Um, it's been a long stretch if you're a UW fan. Um, really, if you're just a college basketball fan with their high preseason expectations. So this has been a very troubling year for the program. Um, but on Saturday, they did absolutely destroy Cal. Finally grab that elusive win and uh, get themselves on the right foot. Uh, Nas Carter at 16 points and three rebounds. Um, in terms of the regular season, there's no doubt about it. It is going to be too little too late. But um, as previously mentioned at the top, what we're going to be analyzing with the Huskies, or at least what I'm going to be analyzing, um, Dane always coming through with the facts, a little bit more in depth in terms of statistical analysis. But what I'm going to be um, analyzing here is UW's chances at making a conference tournament run and realistically who needs to step up. So U of Isaiah Stewart, stud, probably the best forward, center, whatever you want to call him, um, he's up there in terms of one of the best players in the conference, hands down. So in the conference tournament, they're going to need freshman Jaden McDaniels to step up. And um, I'm not sure what year he is off the top of my head, but upperclassman Nas Carter. If Jaden McDaniels and Nas Carter can really play solid down the end of the stretch and into the Pac-12 tournament, they create a dangerous trio. And they could seriously win the Pac-12 tournament and uh, even qualify for will obviously get the automatic bid to the NCAAs from that. So it's still possible. Don't give up. Huskies finally got there win you know in like nine games or whatever they were on the big losing streak and they finally got it together against Cal uh was, you know 30 point victory or whatever it was 25 points and so it's a nice bounce back from you know the past two months essentially and it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that momentum moving forward obviously the Pac-12 tournament is their biggest um you know remaining thing on their for their season and if they're able to win that, you know, they could still make the NCAA tournament, which is probably the only goal that they have is winning the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas. Um, but, you know, they're sitting there at 3-12 and 12 in conference. It's been an awful season. Uh, the victory over Cal, while it was nice, really doesn't make up for everything that's happened since Quad A Green left, pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, it's not much you can really say about that program and the direction of it. It's It's obvious where they're at, and... It'd be interesting to see, like I said, if they can turn things around for the tournament in Vegas, but that's got to be the clear goal. Um, they still don't have a road win this season, which needs to change. But, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. They are who they are at this point. Mike Hopkins really did not manage that team well, particularly at the beginning of the season in the non-conference. He didn't utilize his bench enough uh, to get them you know, experience. And then when your point guard goes down, you don't have a viable backup. So that's pretty much the story of their year. The next team we're going to be talking about here is the WSU Cougs. And on Thursday, um, they lost to Cal at home. And I think this is kind of the loss that breaks their season. I mean, I know it's not like they had high expectations. And in terms of the program as a whole, they've come a long way. Um, they're 5-10 and 10 in conference, currently standing at 14-14 and 14 overall, which is, um, in comparison to the last couple of years, a uh, very, very, um, it's vast improvement. Um, so... But again, the Cal loss kind of knocks them back down to that bottom tier of the conference instead of they were hanging around the middle of the pack um, consistently throughout the year. So that loss really hurts um, in the game. They fell by an early, but um, yeah, they, they fought back, but they came up short bottom line. You lose at home, that's the bottom line. So on Sunday, they played the Cardinal and got blown absolutely out of the gym. And so getting swept at home this week really... Um, as just mentioned, but they're down at the bottom of the pack now. I'm um, sitting in second to last place. 
you look at them tournament wise, um, they really don't have any opportunity of making postseason play um, unless they want to do the CBI or some lesser tournament, for lack of better terms, along that route. But if you look at the rest of their season, they play UW next, and getting a sweep over their um, cross-state rival would be huge for the program. And if they could just end the year with a winning record, it'd be vast improvement, and a lot of love should go to head coach Kyle Smith. Isaac Bonton didn't play in either of the games this week for the Cougars, which really uh, ruined any chance they had at getting a, a victory this week. Uh, didn't really fully understand the importance he played to their team, but after this week it's in the, and the uh, game before he missed, uh, he's missed three now, it, it's pretty obvious that he is a major component of their team. And without him, C.J. Allaby isn't as efficient. He can still score points, but not as efficiently. And, um, you know, Bonton is their point guard, runs the system, uh, plays good defense, energy guy. Um, so he's all around, you know, a, a major part of their team. And when he is not available to play because that hip injury, uh, there's not much you can really expect out of Wazoo. They kind of got the game close a little bit against Stanford. They would go on tiny runs or medium runs where they'd get back within, you know, five to ten points. But then they could never really get over that hump. And Stanford always had an answer for them. And then earlier in the week, Cal just uh, kind of took care of them, really. It's uh, just one of those weeks where you don't have, you know, your best player, your second best player. And it is what it is. Um, so hopefully uh, Bond can get back as quickly as possible and definitely need him for the Pac-12 tournament, but you'd like to have him uh, for the game against Washington coming up. Big rivalry uh, in Seattle, and uh, if they don't have him, it's going to be really tough for them to come away with the win. So the next team we're going to be talking about here is the Oregon Ducks. I'm not, I like yelled into my phone during that intro. Not sh- <laughs> really not sure what that was all about. Yeah, Oregon Ducks, people. All right, so um, as I mentioned at the top, I think a lot of people maybe have this team pegged as a second um, we- a second weekend or Sweet 16 type tournament team, and um, I don't see them that way. I just don't see enough consistency outside of Peyton Pritchard. And if you look at this past week, um, yeah, they had an impressive win against Arizona on Saturday. Um, they lost to the Sun Devils on Thursday, and uh, we're not going to analyze these games too much. I mean, they're in the tournament already. So, but... The stats are what's concerning me. So Peyton Pritchard, 18 points on Thursday, 38 on Saturday. Holy wow. Um, but then again, so you look at them on Thursday. Sorry, we're jumping back and forth here a little bit. Will Richardson had 18 points. Chris Duarte had 10 points. Um, and even though it's a loss, you had a nice balance, um, kind of scoring attack, a threesome with Will Richardson with 18, Peyton Pritchard with 18, and Chris Duarte, Chris Duarte had 10. But then on Saturday, Peyton Pritchard had 38 points. And Will Richardson at four, and Chris Duarte at two, and this lack of consistency is not going to carry you far in the tournament. I love Peyton Pritchard, but he's a great Pac-12 player. He's not the best player in the country. And if Will Richardson and uh, Duarte don't want to step up their game in the NCAA tournament, they're going to eliminate it the first weekend. Peyton Pritchard absolutely went off against Arizona. He scored 38 points, was a career high, and he was just hitting threes from everywhere on the court. But he was also distributing the ball there in overtime enough. Um, got a few assists, I think, to to seal that victory in overtime. Uh, earlier in the week, they, they had the loss to Arizona State, and Pritchard fouled out with about, I don't know, three or four minutes remaining and um, didn't really have a good first half. He hit some pivotal threes in that game as well, 
but because he fouled out, he wasn't able to seal a comeback against the Sun Devils. So they split on the road for the, you know, every road trip that they've had, they split and they're still undefeated at home. So that's the winning formula uh, to win the regular season crown. I think they're the favorite at this point. I fully expect Oregon to win the championship, the regular season championship. They have three home games remaining and they haven't lost at home. And so they've, they're they going to split every road game that they have. And that's the key. That's how you win the conference championship in the regular season, splitting on the road and going undefeated at home. That's a tried and true method. That's how it's been for the last 20 years. So um, great victory for them. Peyton Pritchard, like I said, with the career high against Arizona was really impressive. I mean, it just speaks for itself. He scored 38 points in a game. That's just that's amazing. I mean, he's the player of the year. He's going to win it. And um, he makes that engine go up there in Eugene. And so I fully expect them to win the regular season title. Next team we're going to be talking about here. I'll, hey, y'all, I was careful not to yell that time. I like actually consciously thought to like turn down my voice volume there. I may be a high energy person. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. So next team we're going to be talking about here is the Oregon State Beavers. And um, this year to me has kind of just been frustrating. I, I have no like allegiance or affiliation with the Beavers, but... This team really should have been good this year. They have a nice trio. And again, this past um, weekend kind of just solidified that they're bad. I mean, do you want me to phrase it any other way? Um, they're Again, they're so for them, they're probably not going to qualify for any postseason play. Same situation as the Cougars, maybe the CBI if they really want. But, I mean, that's, I mean, they expected better, plain and simple. So on Thursday, they got blown out of the water against um, Arizona. Let's just forget about that. They lost by 26. Should have played better. Um, so they head down to Tempe on Saturday. Only lost by one point. They It wasn't as close as it looked. But again, they lost two games again in a must-needed win situation. So looking at this team um, as a whole, Trace Tinkle's good. Kyler Kelly's good. And Ethan Thompson's good. I think the two main faults can be this year is a lack of a point guard. And um, I think Wayne Tinkle's done a terrible coaching job. I Plain and simple. And I'll just end on that. Wayne Tinkle's not gotten the job done. The Beavers were pretty much blown out in Tucson. Um, Wayne Tinkle uh, got a technical fouls. Trace Tinkle was ejected uh, with two technical fouls. So it was just a bad game all around for them. Uh, it looked like they might have been able to mount a little bit of a comeback, but then um, Trey Tinkle was ejected for throwing a, a pretty dirty elbow. Uh, and so that kind of ruined their momentum. They weren't able to come back and ended up losing by like 26 or something. Uh, but then they followed it up with a great performance against Arizona State. Again, another inconsistent week. That's how it's been all season for the Beavers. They just can't seem to put together a solid week where they just have two good back-to-back games. It's like night and day. They'll play awful one game and then play really great the second game. And that's, I've been saying it all season, it comes down to coaching. That's not your players that all of a sudden are really good one game and not really good the other game. It's preparation, it's coaching, X's and O's, end game, um, strategy before the game, film review. All that plays into how they uh, perform on the court. And if you're focusing completely on one team, uh, during the week of practice and not both teams. That kind of makes sense while you're you're struggling in one game and doing really well in another game. And it's just, it's frustrating just to watch from, you know, just to see that they have so much potential to do better and yet they're so inconsistent. I mean, they have great wins over several of the top programs, 
but yet they can't seem to get it done in back-to-back games. So that's just where they're at at this point in the season. Next team we're going to be talking about here is we're going to hop over to the farm and uh, we're going to be talking about the Stanford Cardinal here. So um, they had basically a a life-saving week in the Pac-12. If they had uh, lost both these games or split on the Washington road trip, uh, their NCAA tournament hopes would have been uh, pretty unrealistic. But they had a huge week. They pulled out two victories to improve to 7-7 in conference and and 18-9 overall. And so for them, we actually are going to dive a little bit deeper into the games this week. Um, in terms of the tournament, it really fin- um, the NCAA tournament, it really kind of depends on how they finish down the stretch. Um, they're, they're a bubble team right now, plain and simple. So if you look in their game against Washington, um, pulled out an eight-point victory, um, solid win. They're playing a struggling team. But as I said in the previous segment, a road win in conference is a road win in conference. They played a solid second half, outscoring the Huskies by 10 and uh, getting the job done. And I'm going to fo- um they had three players scoring double gi- double digits in Oscar De Silva, Tyrell Terry, and Spencer Jones. But my main concern for this team down the stretch is is point guard Tyrell Terry going to be able to fix that assist turnover turnover ratio. Um against the Huskies, he had four assists and three turnovers. He's been struggling with that all year. Against the Cougars um, on Saturday, Stanford blew him out and uh, Tyrell Terry did have five assists and one turnover. He, that's the first time this year it's been a solid ratio, or at least the first time in a long time. So he gets this fixed. They're in. If he doesn't, they're not making the tourney. Stanford has really turned their season around this week. I know it's just one week, and you would really need to see a, a few weeks together uh, back-to-back to see them fully turn around. But um, that victory out in Seattle was big. Uh, really, um, you know, they ended their losing streak. They had lost, you know, however many games in a row, and really hadn't looked good since that USC game where they collapsed in January. And um, they finally have turned it around, it appears. And, you know, big game for them um, against Washington and followed it up with a victory over Washington State. So they got a road sweep um, that's pretty rare in the conference. And they, you know, they got it this week. So um, I think they're probably... They're certainly back on the bubble of the NCAA tournament, and if I had to guess if the tournament was held tomorrow, they would be in, probably the last four in. They'd play in that playing game out in Dayton. Um, so, of course, they still have to go to Oregon. They have games at Oregon and at Oregon State, and then they also are hosting the Mountain Schools, so Colorado and Utah. So they still have a large chunk of their season to go Um and significant tests ahead of them. So they might be in the tournament today, but if they lose to Oregon and Colorado, um, you know, they're going to have to do really well in the Pac-12 tournament to regain that. On the flip side, if they're able to beat Colorado or Oregon, they're right back in the tournament, and um, they can't drop the games against Oregon State and Utah, bottom line. So entering the season, um, I personally believe Cal was the least talented team in conference. Um down on that bottom rung is WSU and um, I guess Utah. Utah is probably there too, but if you look at WSU, they have CJ Ellaby and uh, yeah, if you look at WSU, CJ Ellaby and uh, Utah, they have Timmy Allen. Cal didn't have a clear cut star entering this year. Uh, Matt Bradley's fulfilled that role. So um, with that little spiel, we'll hop into this week's games. Um, for Cal, the NCAA tournament, 
NIT CBI. That's that's not going to happen um, unless they want to play for the loss for Atlantis Cheez-Its North Korean Expedition Bowl. I don't know. There's no bowls in college basketball, but you catch my drift. So I did want to say something though. On Thursday, they had another nice victory against the Cougs. Um, nice road win for sure. Um, road wins, regardless who you're playing, don't come easy in elite conference. And uh, they're led by Paris Austin with 19.7 rebounds. Andre Kelly chipped in 16 points. And uh, Matt Bradley was held to 11. But um, good all-around performance for Cal. And um, even though their overall record stands at 11-16, and 16, their 5-9 and nine mark in conference is vast improvement. And uh, Mark Fox has done an amazing job. Matt Bradley... Um, he he's an emerging to star player and he's still a sophomore, so they they could have some pieces moving forward. Um great progress this year, obviously no postseason, but remarkable year for them. Remarkable year. California had a great road win against Washington State. Uh Wazoo didn't have Isaac Bonton, so they were down a little bit, but still, um for California to get a road victory, that had to be their first road conference victory and maybe two seasons. I'd have to look it up specifically, but it's been a while since they've had a road victory like that, and they were able to get it done. They swept Wazoo this season, uh, which was you know, a big development for that program. Uh, Mark Fox has done a great job so far this season and is clearly building something for the future. Uh, I think they're uh, on a good path moving forward over the next season or two. Um, of course, they followed it up with a blowout loss to uh, the Huskies in Seattle, but that doesn't really matter. In the end, a road split is what you need. Although, I mean, they're way down there in the, in the conference standings. They're, they have five wins. Uh, they're in that three-way tie, or, yeah, three-way tie for what looks like 10th place. So um, they need to continue to get a victory um, this weekend, at least one, try and separate themselves between Utah and um, Wazoo, who they're tied with in the standings. And if they're able to do that, they'll be in a better position uh, for the Pac-12 tournament, and anything can happen there. Uh, there's a lot of parity in this conference this season, and a neutral court um, makes it you know anyone's ball game pretty much. And Cal has played well in certain games, certainly uh, had poor performances in other ones. But uh, when their defense is clicking and their offense is um, at least performing up to expectations, they can win games, and they can win a game in Vegas. So the next team we're going to be talking about here is the UC Trojans, and uh, they're one of the teams who probably the most disappointing week, um, or I'd say past week of results. Um, so the loss to Colorado is pretty understandable. Um, Colorado's obviously a very solid team, tough to beat on the road. Um, they found a good game from Onyeke Ongweyu. Oh boy. Yeah, I've tried all year. Onyeke Ongweyu. 21 points. Um, still not saying that right. Uh, Jonah Matthews had 17. Nick Rakisevich with 14. And Daniel Utomi with 10. So nice balanced scoring attack. Played a very solid game and a respectable loss on the road. Um can't be mad at those results. Um, they played them well, and that's the loss you kind of have to live with. But then you followed that up with the Saturday loss to Utah by 14? I mean, why? It's on Kongwu. <laughs> I think I was excited about that, people. So he had uh, 18 points um, against Utah. But it's one of those things where USC, then everyone else disappeared. Elijah Weaver had 13. And they don't seem to find consistent enough scoring outside of him. Sometimes it's Jonah Matthews. Sometimes it's Daniel Utomi. Um, and it's not really Isaiah Mobley yet. Still, still a young stud. But um, yeah, I mean, so for USC, they're not finding the consistent scoring outside of Kongwu. And um, 
Down the stretch, they have Arizona, Arizona State, and UCLA. They're sitting on 19 wins right now, and I believe if they get one win to end their regular season and one win in the conference tournament, they should be a lock for the NCAAs. The Trojans lost both of their games. Um, the one in Utah was a little bit surprising. Uh, Nick Rakosevich didn't play. I guess they said it was due to some type of flu-like symptoms or illness. Uh, and you could tell him not being on the court. I don't think they've – he's missed a game all season, so they've never played without him. And you could tell their chemistry in the front court just wasn't the same. Even on Onyeko Okongu was missing free throws and, like, a few layups, just um, uncharacteristic plays that they weren't finishing. Uh, Jonah Matthews, I saw him get pulled out of the game, and he was at the end of the bench just, you know, with his head down, looking down. Uh, nobody was, you know, talking to him or anything, which is not a good sign. Then he got back in the game. Matthews did hit a few threes. Uh, sparked a little bit of a comeback, but they weren't able to pull, uh, fully put it together. And then they were fouling at the end. Utah was hitting its free throws, and USC wasn't converting when they got the ball back. So the final score ended up being much larger than the game was. Um, so really, the, the margin of defeat was actually closer, even though the final score was what it was. But uh, yeah, and in the Colorado game, they, they blew a lead. They were winning by, I don't know, maybe 10. And um, they let that one slip in the second half. So really disappointing for the Trojans. They are really on the bubble now. Um, they need to beat Arizona State uh, or Arizona. They, need, they at least need one of those. And um they got to beat UCLA at the end of the year. The second hottest team in the Pac-12 right now, the UCLA Bruins, man. I don't think, uh, okay, I'll say people probably thought that Mick Cronin was going to have a successful campaign in UCLA. Uh, maybe not in terms of Final Fours and National Championships, but the rebuild is way ahead of schedule. No one gave the Bruins a chance for um, the tournament this year. And all of a sudden, it's actually a realistic probability, um, a realistic possibility, excuse me. For me to go out and say that they're going to make it would be an outright lie, but it's definitely possible at this point. So if, we, if you review their past week, huge results, huge results. So uh, two road wins, the first one coming at Utah and Salt Lake City. Um, played a solid out them, beat them pretty handily by 11 points. Not going to go too in, too into depth in that game because Utah is not a big name this year. But this, uh, the Saturday victory against Colorado was absolutely huge. They were trailing by nine points in the second half. And um, the game looked all but lost, and they put on a huge run and just won, not comfortably, but pretty comfortably. We'll go with handily. I think handily is a better term. One handily. So down that stretch, Tiger Campbell, um, point guard Tiger Campbell, took over the game, hitting threes, dishing dishing the rock, attacking the lane. He finished with 15 points and 11 assists. Uh, Chris Smith with 14 and Cody Riley with 16. And if you look at this team as a whole now, um, Chris Smith as a scorer, Cody Riley being a dominating presence down low in a solid point guard in Tiger Campbell. This team has the chances to do some pretty cool things down the stretch here. Um, this segment's going to go a little bit longer. Um, sorry for where this, this segment might go three minutes, 30 seconds. Sorry, y'all. Um, but yeah, just, I think for them to make the tournament, they need to win two out of their final three games. Um, they play, they host um, ASU and Arizona next and then play Crosstown or LVUC. I think if they win two of their three final games. They're in the NCAA tournament. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. The turnaround out in Westwood is probably the story of the year at this point. Um, they started off the season so poorly with bad losses like Hofstra. They are blown out by Notre Dame. I'm 
national TV and they didn't do well out there in Maui and um, things were really had fallen apart. And then um, Mick Cronin, I guess, finally got his players to buy in. Uh, Sharif O'Neal transferred out and they've been on a tear since then. So um, they play, they get it done with really good defense and their offense is uh, clicking. Chris Smith, you know, playing fantastic. And they went up there in Boulder and got a victory. And they also won at the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City. Both of those are very difficult environments to play in and get a win. And they swept the mountain schools. So that's very impressive. Huge uh, for their chances of making the NCAA tournament. I said that they have a shot um, two weeks ago on this podcast, and I'm reiterating it again. And, you know, they're proving me correct. They've gone on this tear. They're tied for second in the conference standings. And if they win out uh, the regular season and then make the championship game of the Pac-12 tournament, I think they get an at-large bid even if they don't win the conference tournament. So they have to win out. They gotta beat USC, both Arizona schools, in the next two weeks, make the championship game, and they'll get an at-large invite regardless of if they win that championship game. So, big things happening out there in Westwood. So as I believe uh, Dane mentioned at the top, um, your local Arizona expert, uh, Dane, over here, um, Arizona State is the story of the week in the Pac-12. Um, I left them off of my big three. Um, <laughs> I recorded it later in the week, so I cheated off Dane's top, uh, Dane's uh, big three. So, you know, we could have a complete podcast. Come on. It's, it's, all, it's all for you. It's all for you, peeps. It's all. There may not be some morals. So I'm, I'm taking up ASU's time here. My bad. We're getting back to it. So. On a Thursday, uh, they beat Oregon to grab their sixth win in a row. Huge result against Oregon. I think this win solidifies them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're led by Rob Edwards with 24 points. Alonzo Verge Jr. with 26 points. Um, Remy Martin only finished with 11. He did add five assists. So this shows that this team is deep and dangerous and has multiple scoring options. You combine this with Bobby Hurley's defensive-minded mentality and the Sun Devils are for real. They followed this up, getting a seventh straight win. That's right. They have seven straight wins now, uh, taking down Oregon State. And um, the win against Oregon State, uh, almost a letdown performance, but made enough plays to win the game. Um, again, seven games in a row. The big result coming on Thursday. Um, in ter- uh, the Thursday win against Oregon. In terms of their bigger picture, um, Remy Martin averaging 19.1 points per game. Alonzo Verge Jr. up to 14.6 points per game. Rob Edwards, just over 10, and Romello White, just over 10. This team is deep, dangerous, can play defense, and can cause some noise in the NCAA tournament. Arizona State is playing its best basketball in conference in almost 40 years. They're on a seven or what is it, eight game win streak now, and they're able to um, control their own destiny moving forward here with just uh, four losses. They're in sole possession of first place, half game in front of all the other teams. Uh, They got their road games this week against USC and UCLA, which are big tests. And then they have a homestand to end the season against the Washington program. So there's a bunch of big games ahead of them, and it's by no means over. But if the season were to end today, they'd be your champion. Bobby Hurley would probably be your coach of the year. And Remy Martin would probably finish second in player of the year. Um, So, you know, that victory over Oregon was massive. Remy Martin didn't really have his best game. And... Uh, Rob Edwards really stepped up in his uh, 
in his absence and really willed them to victory along with Alonzo Verge uh, Jr. And the emergence of Alonzo Verge's scoring over the past month or so has really um, developed their their uh, program forward here in this win streak. And Verge's scoring has really, um, you know, pushed them to the next level. Uh, he's consistently putting up around 20 points per game over the last, I don't know, month or so of the season. And um, Remy Martin had the unusual off game against Oregon, but, uh, you know, that, that happens sometimes and they were able to still get the victory, which shows the quality of program that they have. And um, they're in the driver's seat to win the championship. So uh, Sun Devil fans, just as the people of L.A., they all might be mad at me right now. I'm not sure. When I said they could cause some noise in the NCAA tournament, I still don't think they're going to advance past the first weekend. But if any team could in conference, we're talking about their cross-state rival, um, and that's going to be the Arizona State Wildcats. I believe they're the only team really suited at making an NCAA tournament run. I mentioned this at the top of the show, so um, I'll briefly recap their games. Um, beat Oregon State by 700. We'll forget about that. No need to look further into that. They beat a work. They beat a less talented team. Plain and simple. On Saturday, they lost a tough overtime game against Oregon. Nothing to be ashamed of. Peyton Pritchard had like 34 points. So just one of those games where Peyton Pritchard would not be denied. But so now we're looking ahead and at the bigger picture here. Um, you look at the Wildcats as a whole. They have Josh Green, Nico Mannion, Zeke Naji. Stone Gettings fills in that nice kind of power forward role, can uh, step away from the hoop, hit a 15-footer. Max Hazard can shoot the ball. Your, like, sixth or seventh best player is Chase Jeter, who's a Duke transfer. And so, even though a lot of, like, other Pac-12 fans may not like to hear this, ASU, with exception of UCLA traditionally, is the cream of the crop in the Pac-12. Whether it's Lute Olsen, Sean Miller, they've always had the distinguished program with the distinguished talent. And the aforementioned named players, no team runs that deep. And they have the talent, the type of talent to knock off any team in the country. I expect them to make the Sweet 16. Arizona really dropped the ball in the Oregon game. They had an opportunity to win the game with, I think it was two seconds left. Josh Green was at the free throw line. The game was tied and he missed both free throws, went to overtime. And then with one second left um, in the overtime, Christian Coloco was fouled. He went to the free throw line. Uh, down one point, uh, missed both free throws, and Arizona lost. And then, of course, you know, the play before that, uh, Oregon was able to get a layup with about two seconds left into the shot clock. Uh, just kind of a defensive breakdown, great pass by, I think it was Will Richardson uh, to Justin, uh, who scored all those points in overtime for the Ducks. So for the Cats, you know, it's another close game that they've lost. Um, really disappointing. Um, you know, considering the fact that they were, had a chance to win by making those free throws uh, on two separate occasions and, and they dropped the ball and they were also up by six with about, I don't know, two or three minutes left in regulation and they blew that lead too. So uh, just uh, fairly typical this season for the Cats. They're losing close games and um, don't really have many signature wins. Uh, the best victory, I guess, would be over Colorado and the second best victory is over Illinois at the beginning of the year. So uh, in versus top 25 teams, they're one and four. Uh, their net ranking is really high. Uh, most of that has to do with the close defeats that they have to uh, quad one teams. So we're going to the Rocky Mountains. I think that's in Colorado. I believe so. Maybe Bill Bolton told me that one time. I, I've not been to Colorado, so I think that's where they're at. Mile high or something, some ish like that. That's Denver. All right, random spiel done. So 
when you're talking about the buffs this year, it's quite disconcerting. You might look at their overall record and be, oh, they're 21-7, they're 10-5. and But to me, the lack of consistency just doesn't scream tournament team. They scream a team that's going to get upset in the first round by some random school. And so, you look at their results this past week, um, it's a perfect example. Beautiful win against USC at home. Um, I mean, USC is a very talented program, regardless of what their record may indicate. indicate. They always have some good players. And um, so, again, solid performance. McKinley Wright, 15 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Tyler Bay, 14 points, 11 rebounds. But then you follow that up on Saturday um, with a loss to UCLA at home. And granted, UCLA is on a hot streak, but this is just not a game they should lose, in my opinion. And I was, I was watching the second half of this game, actually. And the, CU just doesn't pass the eye test. Plain and simple. Um, I think that McKinley Wright's overrated, even though he 20.7 rebounds. He doesn't have the it factor. He's just kind of, like, good at everything. There's no it factor. I think if Colorado wants to be serious about making a deep tourney run, get the ball to Tyler Bay in the post and see what happens. Run your offense through him every freaking time. Colorado really let that game slip away against UCLA. Um, They had an opportunity. They were up by, I want to say, almost double digits, maybe nine points in the second half. And then their offense just kind of uh, couldn't get things going. And UCLA went on a run, ended up losing that game. And I said last week that I didn't think they were going to win the regular season title uh, when they blew that lead uh, in Eugene against Oregon. That kind of uh, tipped their tipped uh, you know the scales against them. I, I figured if they were going to win the championship, they were going to win that game. They didn't, and now they've dropped this game to UCLA. You know they're only half game back, um, but to you know they don't own the tiebreaker. They against you know the teams that are around them. They've lost to UCLA uh, both times. They've lost to Oregon once um, and Arizona State. So they're and Arizona. Um, so really, it's it's they're not going to win the championship, the regular season championship. Um, what they're gunning for is uh, the first round bye, which will put them in in a good shape. And really, their focus probably is seeding in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you want to get a five seed or higher if you're the Buffs, and they can still do that. They just have to continue. They can't lose another game, and ideally, they would win the Pac-12 tournament. So. Um, these last two defeats against Oregon and Colorado really disappointing because they had the, the lead in the second half and they just let it slip through their fingers. So the Utes are kind of that one. Um, well, I just pulled my phone really far away. That might be muffled. You're going to deal with it. You're going to like it too. So um, the Utes are that one team who, uh, they like, we have seven teams who could make the NCAA tournament. Obviously, if that doesn't happen, the NIT is, you know, um, kind of, I mean, you don't want to call it second tier, but it is. It's the second option. The three at the bottom aren't qualifying for anything. Um, the four other teams at the bottom. So Utah's that one team who um, should be kind of clamoring for NIT berth. Um, right now, they're not going to make that, standing at 6-9 and nine in conference, uh, 15-12 and 12 overall. But if they do play hot down the stretch, that's, uh, that is a definite possibility. And so if you look at their past week results, um, Utah lost to UCLA, um, kind of fell into a hot, um, fe- they fell into a trap. UCLA is playing great basketball, winning five in a row. So just fell into, why can't I say this? They lost a hot team. That's all I'm really trying to say here. Timmy Allen only finished with 11 points, which is troubling. Uh, Alfonso Plummer at 16 points and, uh, not sure where he came from. He hasn't done anything all year on sa- on Sunday. They pulled off a great win against USC at home. Um, just one of those wins that kind of head scratcher beating them comfortably by 14 points. Uh, Timmy Allen with 21, 
And again, Alfonso Plummer with 18. Alfonso Plummer literally came from nowhere. He should clearly be getting more playing time if he averaged 17 points per game this week. And with the Utes, it's pretty simple. When Timmy Allen scores, as he scored 21 points against the Trojans, they win. When he struggles, they struggle. So um, they need to basically finish hot down the stretch. This is going to be one of those segments that goes a little bit longer um, before we get into the conclusion here. If they could sweep Stanford and Cal and um, play Colorado tough, they have an outside shot of making the NIT. And I think that would be a really, really a solid season for them considering they lost pretty much every single player on their roster before the season. So let's see what happens down the stretch. The Utes lost just their second home game uh, of the season uh, in conference to um, UCLA, and that was a really a surprising defeat. And Timmy Allen didn't play very well, but they followed it up with a victory over USC, which is a big win for them. Uh, it really helps them in the standings for the Pac-12 tournament. Right now, it looks like they are the seven seed. Um, so that was a really important victory for them. They've put a little bit of separation between themselves and Cal, Wazoo, and Oregon State. So, And they're almost within striking distance of Stanford if they were to stumble. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, Timmy Allen is really, he struggled the last, I want to say, two or three weeks. Didn't really play up to his full potential. And he finally got it back together in the USC game, played very well, and um, really led them to victory in that game. It was very important, as I said, for, for the conference standings. But I think more importantly, it was um, a huge development for Timmy Allen's confidence. And his ability to score points moving forward is probably going to be, um, you know, he's going to be playing with more confidence. So he'll play more efficiently. He'll score more points. It'll be easier for Utah to get wins um, because, you know, their team revolves around Timmy Allen. He wasn't playing very confident. He'd been in a slump. And so his bounce back is the biggest story for them uh, for this week. So my closing today, uh, usually I come in with a lot of jokes. Um, you know, Dane's recapped the games. I've recapped the big picture here. And I actually wanted to give a shout-out to Dane. Um, for all of you who don't know, um, or maybe just listen to the podcast and don't follow um, his writing super um, you know, in-depth. First off, I believe you should. Um, that's just my opinion. But the man seriously writes like 700 articles a week, basketball-related, does game previews. He does a lot of stuff, and uh, the fact that he makes time after this podcast with his uh, expertise and uh, calm, cool collection nature when uh, every once in a while I may, you know, uh, hop all over the place. Um, I think giving Dane's writing um, kind of, you should definitely pay attention to him on Twitter. Follow my dude. Bottom line. I'm not going to give you his Twitter and handle. Y'all got to go figure that out. Um, but seriously, uh, Dane does a lot, so I think that you should pay attention to his writing. As I mentioned, the three big takeaways at the top. Um, essentially, seven teams can make the tournament. I'll reel them off real quick. Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona, USC, Stanford. One team can make the NIT as like their high goal. Utah, and four teams probably eliminated from postseason contention in Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. And uh, then we got the Huskies down here at the bottom who still probably could be considered the most talented team in conference. And... Uh, they win the Pac-12 tournament. I'm not saying they couldn't cause some noise in the NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, they probably won't realistically, but they could. I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm not a gambling man. So again, check out Dan's writing. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we're always gracious for our li- listeners, grateful for the opportunity to work for Sports Pack 12 and a cool publisher. And we out here, baby. Listen to the podcasts. It's a Sports Pack 12 original. You can also follow it on Oregon Sports News, Spotify, about 700 other platforms. We out there, baby. Doses from C-Town. There's a very real possibility of six teams from the Pac-12 making the NCAA tournament. I've said on Twitter, I've said in my published pieces and on this podcast that uh, six teams is possible. Um, Five is the minimum, but I've said uh, over and over there's an appetite for six. And, um, of course, Arizona State, Oregon, Colorado, and Arizona are the locks. Then you have bubble teams of UCLA, USC, and Stanford. And of those three, somebody is not going to make the NCAA tournament, and two of them might. The easiest one to weed out is UCLA because of their poor non-conference season. Um, And then your real true, true bubble teams are USC and Stanford. Um, Both of those teams are good. If I had to pick one of them, um, I would probably go with Stanford. They are the ones that are going to make it over USC. But UCLA's loss, or I'm sorry, USC's loss at Utah was um, damaging. And I know that they didn't have Rakosovic, but um, yeah, you can't have losses like that at this point of the season, especially when you're on the bubbles. So um, it's, man, it's going to come down to one of those teams is not going to make it. Uh, USC or Stanford is going to get left out. So um, there's a lot of games left. The Pac-12 tournament could pr- is probably going to be what decides the final team uh, from the Pac-12.